0: Know how Troy does it. I don't know how Troy brings this forecast like that. Week after week, cool weather, rain, you know, green mountains, flowers to go see all around the state. But gosh, we're here. We're living in kind of what seems to be our desert paradise right now. Happy Sunday. Welcome to this beautiful day. Uh, if you haven't been outside, the, the clouds are rolling over the hills and sunny slope. The breeze is blowing and it's going to be an exquisite day, much as yesterday and the day before. And uh, wow, you know, are we fortunate to be here right now? absolutely. Do we think it's going to last forever? Heck, no. But, you know, we'll take every day of it we get. Happy Sunday. Beautiful morning. We're here at the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We have the lovely Shira on phones and music. And all you have to do to be a part of the program is give her a call. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it, why to grow it, where to grow it. Lots of different things, lots of styles. If you're bringing a new style, or something different to grow, we would love to hear from you. We're all here to learn and uh, explore and just enjoy this beautiful place where we live here in the desert. And it really couldn't be a prettier season. And my kudos to the people at ADOT. I think that the, the prettiest landscape I've been plant, seen planted around the state has been kind of the easiest. Someone seeded wildflowers on the new 24 link of the freeway. If you're out in the East Valley and going down the 202 and just want to go for a short drive, take the 24. It goes out to the east. And the mix of wildflowers they've installed are absolutely knockout dead gorgeous. Now, we've got lots of beautiful nature to see around the state. You know, we're being welcomed back after our fires we had a few years ago. So if you want to head up on the way to Payson and go out through uh, around Saguaro Lake out there, I hear that's gorgeous as well. I haven't been to Pagacho Peak. I'll probably get there later this week. I'm sure that's going to be splendid. But even in the riverbed in the dry portion of the salt where it comes down between Maricopa and Phoenix, there's a mixture of lavender And uh, and white that is to die for. You know, call it blue ice when we're planting it in Lantanas, but, you know, naturally it's just growing there and really spectacular. Anyway, enough about flowers. We could talk about citrus trees. We can talk about desert. We could talk about exploring the other parts of the desert over the next month or two where we're going to have everything in bloom from hedgehogs to ironwoods to acatillos to all of our other desert cactus. It's going to be a splendid flower year for the barrels. This is when the birds are going to be really happy. Hopefully we get a big crop on the saguaros this year. And uh, if you've never tasted a saguaro fruit, they're pretty exquisite. Natives have been eating them here. ...especially the Tana Odoms down south for many, many a generation. And that's uh, kind of something fun to eat out of your own backyard if you have a big Saguaro. Anyway, we have two two lines still available. A number to call, 602-277-5827. You lead the direction of the program. All you got to do is give us a call. We have, I say, we're so fortunate here. Every Sunday we have the lovely Shira here on phones and music. And now we've got Troy with the news bringing us this great news report. So we'll get right to the phones. Rob and Glendale, good morning and happy Sunday, Rob happy day to you happy morning
1: uh boy thanks for the advice over the over the years I tell you my lemon tree I when I first gotten into it was not as uh, big and beautiful as it is and now I am just cranking out the, the lemon meringue pies now it's
2: just, <laughs> I, <laughs> hey, I was uh,
1: wondering I I've been I, you know uh, I got mostly a gravelly yard but I went to switching to uh, try to pot, potting some uh some vegetables and my tomatoes uh, you know, those that are planted in the fall, will those start to die out now and no, plant new ones? Because they, they seem to be getting the leafy-wilky business but.
0: Well, they can. I'll tell you what you might want to do, Rob, is hit them with some extra calcium. Happy Frog makes a really oh. good calcium fertilizer, but an extra dose okay. of calcium for those older tomatoes will be very beneficial, and you could do oh. that and kind of help them along. But as long as the growth's healthy up in the top, they'll probably come right through the spring. Now, it would be time to reinvest in some younger plants and a new crop, and everything in our okay. gardens has been slow with this cooler weather, but it's all doing well.
1: Yeah. All right, I appreciate it, and as well for like a uh, pepper plant, uh, I had those growing through the from uh, late fall as well. Would it be trying to reinvest in those, likewise, or well, Rob, probably
0: you know with, with most peppers, you know they're at least a three year crop. You can keep them for that long, and that's most oh. peppers, you know. And, and uh, some of the little ones, like the chili de arbol, and some of those can last years and years. So don't give up on, on peppers just because they're getting a little old. Okay, and then, will, will
1: that also include the green pepper variety?
0: Yeah, bell peppers and things. Well, the, the ones we've had the best luck with are jalapenos, serranos, and Anaheim's. And uh, all yeah. those down at the farm, we typically get three years out of them.
3: Oh,
1: that's fantastic. All right. Well, I sure appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Rob. Thanks for being the first caller this morning. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, John out in Sun City. Good morning, John. Good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, can't have a day any prettier than today. Well, that's that's for sure. Hey, I have a follow-up question for uh, some
4: advice you gave me last week about my grapefruit tree. Mm-hmm. You told me to uh, get the chicken pellets and right. get the alkaline going on. Uh-huh. So my my question is. Uh, what frequency can I use both of those products on the tree? I, you know, I want to kind of maximize what i Well, I'm doing
0: John, today. this year, and I'm not exactly sure in Sun City, but I would imagine that uh, Sun City set up a are still getting some river water. Okay. So the water quality we're receiving this year with a river running here through the valley and Salt River Project trying to lower the Verde, our water quality right now is to die for. You know, and the rains we've had have leached a lot of the salts away. So where the alcalice is, you know, oftentimes really needed, you know, it's probably not so critical this year. So if you put it on now just to help your soil leach better, you probably wouldn't want to use it or need to use it again until maybe June. Oh, okay, Wonderful. All right. And what about the pellets? Uh, you know, they're slow releasing. And um, so when when you're going to use, when you're going to feed them with a natural fertilizer, um, you're going to want to put them on two or three times a year and realize that it takes them a month or so to break down.
4: Gotcha. Hey, one other question. I have a neighbor who's big on Super Thrive. Mm-hmm. Does that have a place in you know in
0: a... You, uh, you a know, the gentleman struggle? that uh, invented Super Thrive and had the vitamin technique and went to Stanford and built his company in L.A. and supplied us with more knowledge on vitamins than probably anybody of his generation uh, developed an absolutely wonderful product. Uh, we buy it yeah. and sometimes we buy it in large containers and it's quite expensive. If you imagine a little bottle costs, you know, 12 bucks, I mean, Imagine what a gallon costs and then imagine what a bigger drum costs. But we use Super Thrive because of its wonderful nature. It's a great balanced blend of, uh, you know, vitamins and hormones. We find it to be very useful, especially when transplanting, but also to ward off summer stress on plants. it, It really can be quite helpful. Okay, so just kind of add it into uh, whatever
4: regular fertilizing you might do?
0: Absolutely, and it's kind of like, you know, taking the vitamin C. It kind of really helps, you know, your, your body build its strength and uh, throw in a little E and fish emulsion. But, you know, the one thing I really was remiss at is whenever the gentleman who developed it asked me just to write him a little thing and tell him how well we like this product so he could have told me about the vitamin combination for life, I didn't get it done. And uh, I regret oh. that to this day <laughs> I'll be darn <laughs> yeah he worked well, hey, he worked hey. trade shows and uh sold and actively marketed his product till he was ninety nine years old. I'll be darned. yeah, it's been around a long time. I know that well, John, thanks for the call, and enjoy your weekend. hey, thank you very much. I appreciate Brian right. bye bye uh Larry out in Mesa, good morning,
2: Larry. Yeah, well, I uh, I had to cut back my uh, lavender starflower about four feet to get it back on my property, mm-hmm. and it, it, I filled like four garbage cans. And <laughs> so I cut it back about four feet. It was about twelve feet long. It's uh, about six feet tall. And it faces the southwest. Do I need to?
0: Protect my uh, limbs? Uh, probably not Not with the weather that we're having right now, Larry. And if you've just completed that task, it's the perfect time. That might be one of those instances you want to use a little of that Super Thrive that we just talked about. Wouldn't be a bad product to put on at all. And follow that up with a balanced fertilizer and stand back. With this weather, the lavender star flower should just be at home and happy.
2: So, so do they like chelated iron?
0: They do. Most plants here do. And you know, the nice part about adding iron versus other micronutrients is it helps balance the others out. So chelated iron, you know, you can put too much of anything on, but typically with chelated iron, it's a good thing to add.
2: Uh, Okay. So I've the rest of my bushes in the front yard. And from what you said, I, I left a branch or two to uh, help get it going.
0: That will yeah, really you help it? them generate well, growth. As soon as you see the new buds, you can prune off the balance of the plant.
2: Uh, Okay, that was going to be my question. And then what do I do about water when there's no branches left on the bushes?
0: Well, they're not using very much water right now. You know, and we typically, I've told people on the radio for years not to really count on the rain for irrigation. And in the meantime, this year, we haven't irrigated our citrus grove since the first week of December, and we received an inch of rain this week, and guess what? We're not watering this week either. So, you know, they don't want to be too wet, and you want to not, you know, get plants that are established too wet. So if the ground's more there's no reason to irrigate right now.
2: Yeah, they've uh, I've, I've cut way back on doing any watering and they've been in, they've been uh, they've been in the ground and growing for 13 years, so it's old mature stuff, so.
0: Well, you'll find I think okay. Larry that by leaving those few branches for them to generate little photosynthesis, <laughs> they'll come back quicker and uh you know one of these days it's going to get warm. We're not in any hurry.
2: Yeah, I think I think last year I left them on too long, and when I finally cut them off, I had big holes in my plants.
0: Well, and that can certainly happen, but you know they'll tend to recover on most things, and it's uh, we know it's going to hit eighty on a regular basis someday, but we're not in any hurry for it. Uh, okay, well, thank you, thank you, Larry. Bye, bye. Uh, Ria and Phoenix. Good morning.
2: Hi. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. My question is about watering. Um, I have a couple really, really large plants, and I put a variety of things in them. And I know that some things that I put in them, like a pencil cactus and my elephant ear, require less watering, whereas like some of the more uh, flowery plants, like my petunias and pansies, require more water. And so my question is, how can I... Keep the whole thing alive once we get into the hotter weather by not overwatering the more cactus succulents and then but still giving my flowers the right amount
0: of water. Well, it's going to depend a lot on type the type of soil that you used initially, you know, as long as your okay. soil drains fairly well. And the other thing that happens is when we have these vegetative plants that are, you know, sucking the water right out of the pot, you know, they're helping to dry it out and, you know, keep the soil drier just because they're using so much water. And by the time okay. that the petunias are going to fail and you get in the summer season, uh, then you right. can just leave the hardy ones for the summer. So, you know, I, I think you'll really be fine this year, you you know, and, and, okay. and the key is, is if you're going to plant a mix like that, just don't use a very heavy soil, just a medium potting soil. You know, most commercial grades will be good. Okay, much. Thank you. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Randy and Tippy, but after Randy, we have wide open phones. We have the lovely Shira here on phones and music. All you have to do is give her a call and make her smile. The number to call, 602 5827 It's Shira and Brian here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday morning from seven to nine on ninety-two point three FM KTAR. Hey, Sunshine, you know, here in the desert, sometimes we kind of worship a few clouds and a little rain. And boy, have we been rewarded this season! Anyway, we have wide, not wide open phones. We have Randy up next, but if you'd like to be up after Randy, all you got to do is give us a call. Number to call six zero two. Two seven seven five eight two seven two seven seven K T A R. We could talk about the landscape, your dreams, your nightmares. If you're growing something different, if you got your own style, if there's a way to garden that maybe we need to be enlightened with, please call us six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. This is a listener participation program, and uh, really, we don't prepare much coming in. We uh, we count on you, Randy and Tempe. Good morning. Hi, good morning. I kind of got
3: three questions that all revolve around oxalis. Mm -hmm. If I just throw up my hands and say, I'm just tired of fighting it, I know what's going to happen, but how bad is that? Secondly, if I can get somebody to spray it, um, I'd like a suggestion on your part because I can't find anybody that seems to be reasonable. And thirdly, I think they'll probably use 2,4-D, I would imagine, from listening to you in the past. How bad is that after it dries
0: for chickens and dogs? Well, number one, okay, you're, you're talking about the easy solution, right? And uh, yep. the easy solution is not to do anything with it. And, and you really don't have to, you know. Randy, with, with Oxlus, what's going to happen it's going to thrive as long as this weather stays cool and like it is with more rain. And it's so happy right now. Now, the chickens will go out and feed on it. So, you know, the chickens can be out, you know, running around out feeding on the oxlus. They'll like it better than the grass anyway. And if you leave it right now and don't do a darn thing to it at all— and uh, as it warms up, and we know that's going to happen one of these days, someday it's going to be 90 and it's even going to be 100, the oxalus is going to die out, the Bermuda grass is going to fill in, and that's going to choke out the what's oxalis is there, and so the oxalus will go away for the summertime. Uh, sometimes, if it lasts too long, you get spurge that comes back in, and if you wanted to prevent that, what you could do is put down a pre-emergent and, and then water it in. And so that would stop the spurge from starting, and you would do that as soon as the oxalis starts to fail, which my guess in this year with this weather is going to be somewhere in April. But, you know, if you'll just fertilize your lawn in April and scalp that oxalus off and mow it short, your Bermuda grass will come back out fine this summer, and you won't have to use any chemicals. And the chickens well, now, will eat it. The, if that doesn't seem to be the case, I've got a half acre of it. Mm-hmm. And every
3: year, it gets bigger and bigger. It's like a giant island in the ocean, of plastic. It well, just continues it, Get
0: larger. Well, so when we need to attack it, Randy, is not now. You know, now it's already there, and it's there, and it's established, and it's happy. If you want the oxalus not to reappear next year, <laughs> in September, put down a pre-emergent. Okay. And that's before it germinates in the fall and before it comes and starts to fill in. If you put down the pre emergent and fertilize in September, your Bermuda grass is going to grow in thicker and happier. And uh, you'll eliminate a huge percentage of the oxalis just by putting the pre emergent down, not letting that seed come back. And then if you want to vote, like I say, avoid having the spurge in the summer, you can do that with the pre emergent. You know, it would have been better to have one originally applied back in, in January. But now if you'll just put it in in April, when the oxalus goes away, it'll keep most of the spurge seed out, and you'll be fine. And, you know, we kind of learned this ourselves at our first home in South Phoenix where I had a large yard. Um, you know, it was a weedy mess. And, uh, and my father and Marion Dobson both told me, you know, hey, don't worry about it. Get hot. When it gets hot, just irrigate and mow it short. And we did that, and it really did you know choke most of it out, and came in very happy, and but if you want to stop it from coming back next year, put the pre-emergent down in September.
3: Is there anybody that you know that can take care of like a half acre, three quarters of an acre?
0: You know, Randy, there's a lot of them. I don't know, um, you know, because most of them that I know are working for larger companies. I don't know of anybody that comes through and does that kind of thing. But I would tell you, uh, somebody you might want to call is Target Specialty Products in Tempe. And Target Specialty Products sells chemicals to professionals. Okay. So they might have a list of some people that they sell products to that could come out and treat for you. Okay, good idea, Randy. Thanks, and good luck with it. You know, and, and chickens do like oxalis. They like everything. <laughs> I know it's an easy one, huh? <laughs> Take care. All right, thanks. Bye, bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, Michael in Phoenix. Hi, Michael. Hi. How you doing? Excellent, sir. Thank you for asking. Yeah.
1: Thank you for taking my call. So I have a, just a quick question regarding my Bermuda, I guess I think it's Bermuda grass. Um, I'm in the home. This is my first winter mm-hmm. in the home. And uh, it seems to be coming back to life a little bit right now. Okay. But along with um, some weeds, I guess, some dandelions some um, and a lot of uh, clover. Okay. What would be the best way to get rid of those without killing the grass?
0: Well, if you wanted to spray those directly, you can spray them with 24D, and that'll come and so, that's the active okay. ingredient. You'll find it; in weed be gone and other things. And it's a selective okay. herbicide that kills the you know the monocot kills the dichotomous plants, the things with leaves on them, and doesn't kill grass. Okay. Okay. It'll work. Perfect. And then on the flip side of that, Uh
2: um, I've got some of the grass that is expanding into my
1: raised planters, which are, uh, yeah, it's starting to spread into the rock and into the raised planters. So in your raised
0: planters, you have shrubbery mixed in there? Uh, No. Okay. So if you want to just... If you just but want to spot that, spray it, what I would recommend is glyphosate. Glyphosate could be Roundup brand, or it can be other brands of glyphosate, and it's a contact okay. herbicide that works very well. It yeah. will kill anything that you spray it on. So if you put it okay. on your tree, it'll kill your tree. But if you keep it away from the trees and just spot spray, it does a nice job killing the grasses. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. Bye bye. Uh, Irwin in Phoenix. Good morning, Irwin. Good morning. How are you? Oh, just enjoying this day. Makes you happy when the you know when it's this pretty.
5: Understood. Um, here's uh, our situation. We have a large uh, aloe plant, and um, a lot of the um, um, ears uh, have turned brown on one side, staying green on on the other. And then there are those that are still green on both sides. I don't know if we've. Gotten too much water or not enough water.
0: Well, and it might just be the sun, too. Or when did this happen last summer? Or is this something that's recent?
5: No, it's recent. Uh, we just got the plant. It uh, was given to us uh, probably uh, three, four months ago.
6: Okay. So,
5: and it is, it, it, is in direct, it is in direct sunlight uh, most of the day.
0: Mm-hmm. So I would expect it. you know, if it came from maybe where where whoever gave it to you had it a little more shade and it's acclimating to more right. sun, you know, especially on the tree aloes, you know, they can burn that way, okay. burn that one side. And that's probably what's happening to it. Uh It'll acclimate for the most part and be fine. I would just make sure that it's not like on the west side of a wall with a lot of reflected heat. You know, full sun's OK. Reflected sun's not.
5: Got it. Okay, well, it's on the east side, so, I mean, it's getting sun from the east, and then overhead, the west side, it's blocked by the wall.
0: That sounds like an excellent location, and, you know, basically, as it acclimates, you won't see the burn in the future, but for it to burn, you know, the first season's very normal.
5: Got it. All right, and... How do we how do we judge how much water just by the Well they're gonna pretty uh, much wanna stay the
0: they're gonna, yes, and they're gonna wanna stay on the drier side. So you can get a moisture beater or you yep. can just check the soil. But aloes don't wanna stay super saturated. If it's been growing in the it's, it's a container, Erwin... Yes. Okay. So if it's been growing in the same container, first I would ask whoever gave it to you, because they've experienced it and had the plant for quite a while, and they're, they're familiar with right. the soil they have in the container. But just in general, like this time of year, most of the larger aloes would be watered weekly. And depending on how light the soil is and the location, that can increase to light twice a week in the summertime. Got it. All right. Very good. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Well, it looks like the uh, the famous Troy Barrett has wandered into the studio. He's already fixed the weather for us this week. We'll find out what he's going to fix next in this broadcast. Uh, we'll be right back. In the meantime, if you'd like to give the lovely Shearer a call, the number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. <laughs> It's a little breezy, but go fly a kite. Why not? Hey, you know, a lot of people have given up on uh, basketball here in Arizona with, you know, the, the Wildcats and ASU and Grand Canyon all getting eliminated in the first round. But I have to remind you that there's another tournament going on, and Arizona is in the next round you know the lady cats uh, they're they're after today if 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 you if you, you want to watch Arizona basketball today at 2:30 they're taking on number 2 Maryland so hey go cats anyway welcome back to the program let's see we'll get right to the phones we do have lines available and a number to call for you at 602-277-5827 margaret and Sun Lakes. good morning margaret
4: Good morning, uh, Brian. Um, I uh, was sick uh, in February, so I didn't trim my tree. Is it too late to trim the lemon tree and the grapefruit?
0: No, absolutely not, Margaret. Now is a good time to still prune. You know, we're kind of behind out there. We're trying to get our harvesting done. So commercially, we're still pruning in all of our citrus orchards and will be for another week to 10 days. The sooner you can prune it now, the better. But you really haven't missed much because the weather's been so cool.
4: Okay. So, uh also uh I turn off uh, my sprinkler system totally uh during the winter. Mm-hmm. Is it time to turn it back on yet?
0: I would say no. You know, we we've, we've got uh mm-hmm. forecasting the rain there with Troy uh, coming up this week. We had a lot of valley places had a nice rain last week. So, go out and check the soil, but if it's moist, don't water.
4: Okay. So, uh if I turned on later on in December how my my gardener used to do it every half an hour every day so I I think that's, that's not good yeah
0: that that's way way too often for any kind of watering what are we talking shrubs trees or what are we talking about watering margaret
4: yeah those two trees and some shrub uh what what's the thing that was a little flowers easy to grow spread all over what's the well, name like of like a I lantana
0: thing? maybe or a Yeah, lantana, that's,
4: okay. right, that's right. So yeah.
0: pretty much the citrus that are established in the lantana would be much better off watered once every 2 weeks deep and and then let dry in between. The plants will be healthier, you'll save water, you won't have fungus and that's the best way to grow them. Margaret, thank once you. Every- Once every two two weeks. weeks. Well, it depends on how much water your system puts out. You know, for us commercially, I have one ten gallon an hour head on each tree, and on those trees that we have the ten gallons per hour, we run them for twelve hours. You know, once every two weeks, and we start irrigating. So it depends on how fast your water comes out, how long you run it, but you want to run it for a long time, but you don't want to do it very often. Once every two weeks, and then in the summertime, if if it's going to be exceedingly hot, you know, over a hundred ten, then you might change that to once a week. Okay, okay. okay. thanks for the call, Mark. Bye-bye. Uh, Mike in
6: Glendale, good morning. Uh, good morning. I had a similar question. My irrigation system uh, had to pop off. I, I don't know how to work it. So until I get a new one or figure out, I going to water. I have um, three large ficus trees, four large citrus trees, and a lawn. And, like, if I was to water it with the hose, how often this summer and, like, how much?
0: Well, pretty much, you know, we're talking, where do you live in Glendale, Mike? It's a big city. Um... Like 67th and Thunderbird. Okay. So you've got, you know, pretty darn good soil in there. And what you're going to want to water those, bin the trees I take it are older and established. They've been there for a long time. Yeah,
5: like 30
6: years, 30, okay. 20
0: years plus. So, you know, we're talking once every two weeks, you know, in the spring and early summer, unless it's real hot, and then you can water once a week. It's going to be plenty. I would repair the irrigation system because it's going to be easier to water them. If you want to calibrate the irrigation system, put a container out there with your emitter heads that go, into it and see how many gallons you're putting on per hour but you want to right. water those big trees down to a depth of about three feet and probably a width of at least a, maybe at least a third to a half of the dimension of the spread on the canopy so if the tree is 20 foot wide you want to water area underneath at about 10 feet down about three feet deep Okay, and that needs okay. to happen about once every two weeks. No reason to worry about it right now. We've had plenty of rain, and it's cool, and it's wet. Uh, on your lawn, what you want to do is you want to put a capturing device, like a tuna fish can or coffee cup, and you want to run your sprinklers long enough so that you catch an inch of water. Then shut your system down, take a screwdriver out, and push it in the ground. When it's dry and it won't go in again, it's time to water. So for most lawns, you're going to water here in the summertime about once a week.
2: So with the tunic can, I just set it on top of the
0: grass? Or- yeah, let's go sit on the grass and run your sprinklers. And that way you can tell how much water your sprinklers are putting out, okay? And so you want your sprinklers to run long enough to put an inch of water. That's going to give us about a foot of penetration in the soil. And then shut okay. the system down and let it get dry, okay? This time of year, it might be every two weeks. You know, it might not be at all because it's probably already kind of wet. But, you know, right. during the summer, and this calibration method works, you know, very well, uh, depending on when it gets dry, it's time to water again. But for most lawns here, in an average summer temperature of 106, 110, you know, once every week will be plenty. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Bye-bye. Let's see. Next, we have Ed in Phoenix and then Rob in Gold Canyon, and then it could be you. We've got three open lines. We have the lovely Shira back here smiling. And if you really want to see a smile, just give her a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Ed. Thanks for taking my call, Brian. Uh, Love
6: the show. Um, I got a couple questions here. My daughter... Bought home these little um, corn, like they planted corn at school, and uh, this was probably two months ago. And a uh, uh, miracle happened, and it actually sprouted out. Um, and then she really wanted to keep this alive. I went to um, your Glendale store and I asked uh, the Glendale Avenue store and I asked a uh, asked one of your guys if I could keep this alive, and they pretty much said not if you planted it, not if you transplant it in the ground. So I got one of like a five gallon bucket and put it in this, and it kept growing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's now about probably about five feet tall. Is it? Is can I can I transplant this or is is it 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 starting to to flower? Ed. Yeah, and it has like actually probably about like three or like probably about four um, inch corn cobs that Mm -hmm. have actually formed.
0: Okay, sounds like Uh, a lot of fun. Um, uh, You could plant it back, you could plant in the ground, or you can keep it in the bucket, okay? You know, the Uh only thing with keeping it in the smaller containers, you're just going to have to water and feed it more. But there's no reason you can't keep it in the bucket to maturity. It's going to get to where you have to water it every day, and it's going to want, you know, a pretty good, you know, dose of fertilizer right now. But that would probably Uh be the easiest thing without having to transplant it just to keep it in the container and make sure it's watered and and fertilized.
6: And what kind of fertilizer? Can
0: I just use like a 10-10-10? Absolutely. Just a granular 10-10-10, a light dose. Just don't put too much on and kill the pet, you know? And uh, just a light dose, and you could do that every couple of weeks, and that's fine. You could use Osmocote. You could use Miracle-Gro. It doesn't really matter. The fertilizer all does the same thing. It's probably too late to try to use something organic because of the timing. So I, I would, you know, a 10-10-10 would 10, 10, be great.
6: And then... Um the other question I have is I, I planted so I got some I started some seeds, um, and have some watermelon plants and um, and some parsley plants. Um, the watermelon plants are probably about four or five inches tall, mm-hmm. and then the parsley is maybe six inches tall. Okay. Uh, when is the good time to actually transplant them into the garden? You know,
0: really, right now. Um, and you know, we're not going to have a freeze, so that's not going to hurt them. And yeah, to uh, go out, and loosen up a pretty big area in the garden out there, and and plant them right away would be perfect.
6: All right, great, great. Well, thank you very much. Thank Appreciate
0: you. Bye, bye. Uh, Rob in Gold Canyon. Good morning, Rob. Good morning. How are you? Oh, just enjoying this beautiful day.
1: It is gorgeous. I, I, I have a question regarding uh, dandelions, or uh-huh. I used to call them dandelions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and uh, I heard that they are chock full of vitamins and minerals so I, I I took a couple of leaves, uh, washed them really good, and ate them. I told my wife if I see me staggering <laughs> around call nine one one but they tasted so good, I really liked it okay, and so I wanted to see if you know anything about them
0: well, i don't really know a lot about the tradi- uh, you know the nutrition value and things on them, but there's a lot of plants there's one we call yerba wena that's uh, a green plant that grows fast and it's like a purslane type plant that uh, you know is very consumed and actually you know by natives and, and especially the Spanish culture has been used for forever. You know, so there's a lot of oh, things that grow wild out in our gardens that we can consume, and some uh-huh. of them are quite healthy. I don't know the specifics on dandelions, and, uh, oh, and have you ever tasted one? Yes, I have, and uh, you know I, I, I eat a lot of things. I'm kind of a little odd, so <laughs> don't don't ever base anything on me. You know, I grew up with a grandfather who's a chef that couldn't walk past the plate and not, not sample it. And uh, so, uh-huh. you know, that's who I grew up with. And uh
1: Yeah, it tasted like a little bit hot and orangey. And it really was good. So uh,
0: I, I, I can't. I, I'm certainly not an expert on consuming them, but I tell you who is the University of Arizona Cooperative Extension Service here in the valley and and statewide. Oh, I see. Okay, it's pretty fantastic, and they've got a great Master Gardeners program, and they've got somebody that's tried to do everything as part of that program. So that would oh, be a good God. resource for you to follow up with. That could probably give you more information on them than I can.
1: Okay, University of Arizona
0: Cooperative Extension Service. Uh huh.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. And you can just Google I mean, well, it. Hey, and, thank you. Uh, nice
0: talking to you. Thank you, Rob. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Aaron, Walt, and Scott. And if you'd like to be after Scott, all you got to do is give Shira a call, 602-277-5827, 277 ktr Brian Shira and Troy here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday from 7-9. That's AM on 92.3 FM, KTR.
7: Could tell just like an old time moving about a ghost from a wishing well in a castle dark or a fortress strong with chains upon my feet. back
0: We're all here sharing this Sunday together. Appreciate you being part of it. Want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees all kinds, all sizes, from 15 gallon to big 72 inch box, from citrus trees and fruit trees to beautiful desert plants. We have great bacatillos and, you know, we have beautiful flowers. Whatever your dream is for the perfect garden, maybe you want it to be like the tropics or maybe a tropical desert. If you want to grow fruiting dates at your home and harvest your own crop, we can help you with that. Whatever your dream, whatever your style, come out and see us at Woodfills. Our original store is at eight twenty four East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or twenty six forty seven East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south to Sky Harbor Airport. We're open Monday through Saturdays, eight to five thirty, Sundays ten to four. No jobs too big, no one's too small. If you need a big tree for your yard, or just a beautiful rose bush for mom, come out and see us. And if you need a thousand trees for your development, we'll love to help you with those as well. Woodfill Nursery, since the 40s, now for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Uh, next up, we have Aaron in Maricopa. Hi, Aaron. Good morning, Brian. Uh, quick question for you. We have a raised banner bed, uh,
1: 18 inches tall. Uh, we used organic material, um, kitchen scraps, uh, as a base layer with cardboard, and then we filled it with soil. Um We're getting Fungus uh
5: Sprouting through mm-hmm. I was wondering If there's any way To uh Get rid of that We
0: Purchased uh Some Plants from The U of A
6: uh, agricultural center, so we just want to make sure that we're doing it right.
0: Well, let's just turn everything over before you plant. Okay, kind of remix it all. There's kind of a neat product, and it's uh, called Monterey Disease Control. And it's a bacteria that eats some of the bad varieties of fungus. Now, fungus basically is part of your decomposition you know, product because you put all that raw material in there, and some funguses will feed and help break it down. So that's part of what's happening. But if you want to kind of eliminate some of the fungus you could put on Monterey disease control, which is a bacteria you could just spray on top of the garden, and it's not going to harm your plants, and it will eat up some of the fungus, especially some of the bad varieties like Phytophthora and different things.
6: Okay,
0: awesome. Well, have fun, Aaron. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Uh, next, we've got Walt Sunlegs. Hi, Walt. Good morning, Brian.
4: Morning. Uh, we have, we we have a uh, naval orange Washington naval that I've talked to before. I let it grow out for four or five years, and it was just about down to the ground. And okay. My wife, uh, people across the street have a wonderful landscaper that make everything look perfect, and we hired him. And I explained to him that I wanted three feet off the top and just shaped the sides and. Um. Next time I see the tree, it's got six feet of bottom missing and it looks like a mushroom.
0: Okay, let's protect it, you know, right now. And it'll come back and the foliage will drop back down in the canopy. So, how
4: how long will it take to do that?
0: Probably about two years. Yeah. But it it will, you know, on a a day, it'll definitely come back down. So, what you want to do is, uh, you know, either wrap the trunk or paint it. Uh, you know, wrapping's like wearing a shirt, painting's like putting on sunblock. Either one helps a lot. But protect now the shrunk from the it sun.
4: It'll still through the wraps.
0: Well, and, you know, you don't have to wrap it all the way up. So if you if you look at the angle where the sun's going to come in there, you know, you probably only have to wrap it to a foot or so, you know, below the canopy, because that's where the sun's going to hit. You know, up any higher than that, it's going ger- to you know, generate new sprouts and shoots and let those come on out. But what'll happen to a large degree, Walt, is the canopy on the exterior from those branches, those branches, when they come out and grow this spring, will start to hang down. So well, well,
4: I mean, they kind of more right. frayed. Some were about two and a half inches in
0: diameter. Well, it's not. Right, it's certainly right not at the, at the, the way time. I would ever recommend pruning a navel orange. But uh, or part, so I'm sure. I'm sure be, you probably enlightened them by now. The and
4: <laughs> they raked the gravel. It looked like brand new when they were done. Except the
0: tree, they. <laughs> well, well, yeah. well, did you enlighten them yeah. on the fact that's not the way to trim a citrus tree? Should I watch? Did you enlighten them? Did you explain to them that that's not healthy for your citrus tree? Well,
4: the the, the uh, lime tree in the backyard, they, it looks like a you know like a big round ball. Okay. And they took the the uh, ones, you know, the, the three foot pieces sticking out of the top. Uh huh. They went down and cut those off down, you know, below, which I think you said to do.
0: Oh, that would be uh, fine. Well, with this navel, I think it's yeah, going to go yeah, back out. That tree looks fine. It just that it they did just the opposite with a navel tree. Well, I, I don't think you have to worry about it much, Walt. I would wrap the trunk, and it's better to wrap the trunk if you want it with a burlap or a sheet or something and go and a the, foot you know, below the canopy question, to the ground. The, the
4: sprouts will come through the
0: wrap. Well, you don't really necessarily even need the sprouts to come through, because what'll happen, those exterior limbs, okay, the ones that are left, they're going to put out shoots and buds, and those are going to get heavy, and they're going to grow down towards the ground. So, you know, they're on The main part of the trunk. If you wrap at the bottom two, two and a half feet, and just let the rest of it be bare, just that far, because it will sprout down below there. And then what you'll probably have to do is thin some of those shoots that come, you know, and not have them quite be so dense and uh, kind of redevelop the canopy. But you know, because you're attentive and paying attention right now, that tree should come back out fine. So
4: you, but you would wrap, not paint.
0: Well, I, I like the idea of wrapping. It's a lot more protection.
4: So now you, it, it, I check during the week at your nursery. Mm-hmm. I think it comes in a 50-foot reel.
0: Well, so, what I would do, you know so what's, you, what's you easier it, to use in that, that little tree layer? Right? It, you, you could use that to go around it if you want to. Or you could just take an old bed sheet. You know, and, you know, if you really wanted to make it not even show, you could take a bed sheet and find a brown one and just wrap it with like a fabric like cotton or burlap or something.
4: And that's
0: going to be better than using the little tree wrap on a tree that size. Well, with six feet of trunk showing two and a half is going to be enough. Two and a half up should be enough. And you can kind of see the angle where the sun, you know, is in the afternoon. And if the sun's coming up higher on that west side, you might go a little higher okay
4: thank you Walt. Then I'm going okay so let's uh, check check or the summer sun is a little higher than water it yep. I mean, it's a lot higher
0: yep. than what it is. hey Walt I gotta let you go because we gotta take a break but, thank uh, you appreciate the call bye bye um, so we don't have time for our last break do we oh we got time for calls okay we're good here Scott in Phoenix good morning Scott good morning yes, enjoy sir. your
2: show and enjoy Whitfield Nurseries um I have a bed that is on the west wall. I don't know if that makes a difference or not, but a raised bed. Mm-hmm. And things haven't been growing there lately. So we dug down, and it just stinks. It sounds like, It smells like a dead body, okay. but I haven't found any bones yet. Um, any idea how to get rid of the stink? Stink is
0: and an bacteria. Okay. okay. So that tells me the soil is not draining there. Does it have a, a bottom on the planter? Um yeah it does. Okay, it so does. you need to jackhammer through the bottom if it's concrete or drill okay. through it and you need to make the planter drain. Okay. Okay. So what's happened is maybe we've never had it before because we've never had this much rain, but the, the, basically uh-huh. the soil is saturated. Okay. So the, the bacteria that's working in there, instead of being aerobic, healthy, good bacteria is anaerobic and it's decomposing materials and that creates a stink. So you're going to need to remove some of the soil, knock a hole through the bottom, have it drain, and that'll fix your problem.
2: Okay. Don't put anything down at all or?
0: Well, you, you know, you could do some different things to it, but the most important factor is the drainage. So until okay. you can make it drain, um, it's not going to be you know healthy again. But you could you know after after you have it draining, you can open it up, turn the soil over, you can add some coarser material to it, you know, so it'll continue to drain. But the drainage will fix the problem. Okay, very good. All thanks, right, thanks very much. Bye right, bye. And let's see, Deanne, We're going to try and get you for the end of the hour. Good morning, Deanne. Oh,
4: good morning, Brian, and I think you were right. I think I could detect a smile through the phone from Shira. <laughs> <laughs> um, my question, I have two if you have time, but um, I have an evergreen shrub. I thought it was a myrtle. It gets little white flowers, but it never gets deciduous Uh and we have cut it way back down before and it grew back but now it's way overgrown and I finally got some pruners to cut the thicker branches and I went inside and started trimming it down and I want to know uh, if I can still trim it all back down to get a couple Deanna, of it, it'll shorter. come
0: back faster if you'll take and go through the top of the plant and take some of those main branches way down, like a foot below where you want it to end up being. Let it start to grow and refoliate and then cut the secondary group, and that'll keep the myrtle fuller and happier. Would you have a hard break? i got to let you go. Do you want to hang on for the after the after the news? If you wouldn't mind, yes. Oh, no, hold on. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.